with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And I mean, Paul has a war on. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I think our, our viewers, or our viewers, our listeners might war against us when we keep changing the title of this show. Well, you know, we got to keep, we got to keep them jumping, Paul. But you know, we're not talking about the war on Christmas. We're talking about the war of the realms. Of the realms. That's right, because you know there are like ten of them, and they're all warring. Yeah, they're they're despite what you despite what the Marvel Cinematic Universe tells you, there are ten realms. Ten, I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the the ten realms. If, if for anyone who's needs getting caught up on mm-hmm. what the what realms exist, you know they, they they introduced an additional realm a couple years. Actually, I say a couple years. At this point, it's probably been five plus years since um, Neil Gaiman's Angela was acquired by Marvel comics. And, Is that where uh, the 10th realm came from? Yeah. Ah, so yeah. I never so I read be- any of that Ange- Angela crap. Yeah, me either. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as a way of introducing her into the universe, and I don't remember if she was another daughter of, of Odin or whatever ex- exactly, but I do know yeah, that she's Thor's to, sister. Yeah, she's Thor's sister, um, and so she was brought into the continuity as this, you know, tenth realm that Odin got pissed off at and broke off from the world tree. Blah 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 blah. Um, and heaven is now the the tenth realm, and so that's why we have ten realms now. Well, thank now, you, because you know. when I was looking at the map, and you know, they kept saying ten realms. I'm like, eh, I'm sorry, there are nine. There are nine <laughs> according to Norse mythology, but you know, I understand that the six one six. Can do its can do whatever the hell it wants to do with its realms. So uh, that makes sense to me. Thank you for the exp- explanation. See, it, 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 this is one of those the more you know moments. Yeah, this is already a useful podcast. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so, the War of the Realms, uh, Whelms, War of the Whelms, uh-huh. um, came out this week. The the, ch- the chapter one written by Jason Aaron, and, drawn and, by Russell Doderman. And so you know we got the realms, Paul. You know there, we we mentioned one, but we got to mention what the other nine are. You know you've got. Do we care? I mean, I think we do. We do care, Paul, because they're all the, c- connected by the World Tree, Yggdrasil, whose roots go deep into the multiverse, connecting all these realms together. Aaron is a is a scholar in this uh, <laughs> particular because Aaron loves loves him some Norse mythology. That, that is exactly true. But you know he's you, also you you also read that Neil Gaiman book rather recently, didn't I, you? I did. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Big thumbs up if you uh, enjoy yourself some some uh, some source material. I highly recommend reading uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, uh, Norse mythology book. It is awfully good. <laughs> and I've read, I mean, I, I have been reading Norse mythology since I was in grade school when I discovered it back in fourth grade and kept asking to go to the uh, library so I could check out a book, you know, and, and that I would sit there and I'd just pour over the book in the library. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm reading uh, Norse mythology. Oh, are you doing a, a, a paper on that? No, I'm just reading Norse mythology. And they were just kind of <laughs> baffled that I was just reading for learning's sake. <laughs> <laughs> So well, well, we're we, going to get into a little bit on what you learned from this book. Uh, but, okay, the other nine realms. So we've got Asgard, which is mm-hmm. where the gods live, right, or yes. used to live. In the Marvel Universe, Asgard is uh, has has fallen on hard times. It's hard times for Odin, you know. Yeah. I mean, Asgard's been kind of in the shithole since the J. Michael Straczynski run. Yeah, it's it's been – it has been, you know, the hood for a good long while. It is a, yeah. it's a rough place, that Asgard. In fact, uh, you know, for forever, 
you know, uh, Heimdall has been the guardian of the Rainbow Bridge and all seeing Heimdall, he can see everything everywhere across the nine, now ten realms, except Heimdall is now blind. Yeah. And Which, no I, Rainbow I, Bridge I, anymore. No. When did he go blind? Was that the Mangog storyline? That was the Mangog storyline. Okay. I think that was the Mangog storyline, which was the last sort of arc for uh, Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. Um, but so so we've got Asgard, where, you know, Hobo Odin has been uh, camped out at. And then you've got Vanaheim, where the Vanner live. Now, if you, if you remember, the Asgardians are also known as the Aesir, right? Um, and their predecessors, the older gods, were called the Vanner, and they live in Vanaheim. Um, you've got Jotunheim, the home of the giants. Uh, you've got Svartalfheim, the dark fairy realm. You've got, uh, I have often called this Niflheim, but I have also mm-hmm. heard it called Nephilim. Oh. Um, uh, but it is the underworld. It is where, like, you know, the dead people, the dead folk who don't get hauled into Valhalla as heroes, it's where they go. It's where Hela um, is. That, that, correct. You've got Muspelheim, where the fire giants are. And oh. uh, you've got uh, Nidavalir. Uh, which is the land of the dwarves, and Alfheim, the realm of the light elves. And then there's where Aaron and Polly live, which is Midgard. That's where Spider-Man lives, too. That's true. That's where Spider-Man lives. And they give you a nice handy map, Paul. Yeah. To tell you about all that. You know, and almost almost like a, a you are here. You know, if you're trying yeah. to find your way around Six Flags. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I find it funny that Spider-Man made the map, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, uh, Earth's heroes drawing a map of the Ten Realms... I don't know. Just throw Spider-Man on there. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was nice. I thought it was a nice way to start this book. I agree. And then, you know, you have another two-page spread. Actually, this is you have three two-page spreads in a row. One is just all black. Um, then you've got the, the map and then the War of the Realms that has the ten sigils, I guess, of each realm, or the, the sigil of each realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't exactly know which one goes with which, to be, to be perfectly honest with I guess the you. big M stands for Midgard. <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> And maybe the H is heaven, and yeah, okay, well, I mean, you could probably decipher it. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're not something that I've seen before, but... Yeah, they're uh, sort before of Norse Rooney in appearance. Yes. So before we get into the book proper, I do want to ask you something, which yes. is, um, did you pick up the director's cut, or was that the only version that was available on that Comixology? the only digital version I saw when I bought my comics. Okay, so I picked it up, and, uh, you know, it started downloading, and, you know, it, it, when... It's huge. Um, it's huge. It's like two. It was like two hundred and something pages. I'm like, or one hundred and something pages. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's a hundred and sixty-five digital pages. <laughs> yeah, hundred and sixty-five digital pages. You know, yeah. and, and double page spreads count as one, and there are quite a few of them. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, what? But the uh, the digital edition for for our um, listeners who do buy their comics in paper, um, I don't know if the director's cut is released in paper, but digitally you get Jason Aaron's script and you get finally. Someone listened to us and put all the goddamn variant covers yeah. in the digital edition. And thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, those digital covers are really nice to see. Yeah. And actually, before we even, even before, I'm, I'm, I'm rewinding. Um, the cover, Art Adams doing the covers on this book, on the series. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice big jam piece, right? In that, yeah. you know, all the characters in there fighting. It reminds me of one of those old George Perez covers. Exactly. You know, like, uh, you know, DC versus Marvel. You know, it's just everybody fighting everybody else. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty sweet cover. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, I worried that Art Adams was losing his touch because his covers on Marvel Comics Presents, as much as I enjoy the fact that they are Art Adams uh, pieces, they're very plain. They're, it's three characters on a generic background. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, you know, maybe he's not doing, you know, maybe he's not doing the elaborate pieces that he once did. Well, and uh, yeah, this one's this one's pretty, pretty freaking intense. Yeah, I think it's because he was busy drawing this cover that those others, <laughs> Fair. You know, we're just here. You get you get a couple of characters, you know. Yeah, good point. But no, it's it's a sweet looking cover. So, uh, Aaron, yeah, you had previously today, earlier today, off podcast. Previously, <laughs> previously not on Aaron and Polly. Uh-huh. Aaron had expressed um, a displeasure. He had to put the book down when he first tried reading this. Yeah, I started reading it last night, and uh, I got about ten, fifteen pages into it and put it down. It was it was not scratching my itch. Um, I, I I found. I found the uh, the story to annoy me and the way it was being told in a visual manner to annoy me. Um, there was a the story seemed to be telling the story seemed to be told with a wink, you know. Um, it felt like, eh, hey, you know, this is all pretty serious. I mean, it is a war of the rooms, but this is gonna, like, gonna be a lot of fun too. Wink. Uh, is, is sort of the tone I got from the book. So I put it down last night. I'm like, you know, I, I, it has been stressful at work. I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's just my mood, right? So I, I will, I will try this maybe when I'm not so tired, when I'm not so wiped out. So I read it this afternoon, and boy, I hate this book, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, and I hate it for a couple of reasons. One, I don't care for the Dowderman artwork. Um, and really, I'm, and I'm not and, sure if it's the pencils that are bugging me or if it's the way they have been colored that bugs me. But I think I said of both. There's a bunch of noise on the page I don't care for. You know, for me, I like the daughter. So um, I like aspects of the daughterman art. I think he has the the capacity to be brilliant in his art. I like I like how. Um, a lot of his work kind of reminds me of Jeff Darrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very intricate and involved. And there's like a two page spread where the, where all the, um, where the armies of the, the other nine realms are attacking New York city. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was gorgeous. I, I think where, where some issues for me lie and, and you can actually see them in the pencils pages at the back of the book. Um, some of the digital enhancements for me genuinely like cover up, and muddy the artwork, at least yeah. you know, from 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 my eyes. And that may be it. That may be what I'm what I'm bumping on, because you know there are some pages I'm like, wow, he draws a really good Iron Man, you know. Um, but then there are other pages where I the 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 jump between Loki and his father, and how Loki's dad deals with Loki. It just seemed like there should have been another panel there. You know, it just, it was just too choppy the way that transitioned. And I get that he wanted the reveal on the next page, but it's almost like I needed an inset, you know, there, because I needed to see Loki's reaction. Yeah. You know, as he, you know, and by the way, spoilers, before Loki's father devours him, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to see Loki's reaction. Yeah. Well, and I do want to say something in regards to that. Um, you know, and, and this is something that I, I wouldn't say it took away from the book for me, but I feel this way. And maybe this is partly why comics are struggling in, in the sense that they are. Um, you know, Loki got eaten. I'm like, OK, keep turning. 
Yeah, because he's, he's going to be back next week, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like it's it's fucking Loki. He's he. I think he died two times in this book. Like yeah. you know, his death means nothing to me, and not because I don't care about the character, but because I've seen Loki die about you know it, since we started this podcast ten years ago, we've seen Loki die at a minimum ten times. Yeah. So his death means nothing to me. Not none of the you know, and I think the and, and, and quite frankly, the way it was told has no emotional weight to it either. So I, yeah, no, the, you know it's BS. Yeah, the 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 way that that was revealed had no weight, and it really didn't seem to bother the heroes that much. You know, to no. have <laughs> they're just like oh, I mean, no. Ghost Rider's like, did that just happen? And then everyone else is just kind of blowing it off. Yeah, and again, it's that whole telling the story with a little bit of a wink, like yeah, the stakes are high, but we're having a good time, right? Um, the only joke in the book that I thought was well placed. Was, you know, when I, I really enjoyed the page where Malekith shows up with all of his bad guys with him and he's in the middle of, of his speeching to the Avengers and Captain America just wallops him with his shield. And then, you know, after after the shield returns to Cap's hand, he yells out, Avengers assemble! Right. And <laughs> uh, you've got. Uh, Freya, you know, yells for Midgard, and then Spider-Man's war cry is, New York is for lovers! I enjoy that from Spider-Man because that's his character. Yeah. But it's some of the other wink and a nod stuff in the book that I don't much care for, and I also don't care for that that on a couple of pages, we lose as much as 25% or 30% of the page to a sound effect bubble. You know, like, for instance, on the <laughs> Avengers Assemble page, we, we lose part of that page to Thoom, you know. And on the uh, page where Loki is eaten, we lose that to Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Just Yeah, they have these giant sound effects. And, and here's the thing. Not not every letterer is Chris Eliopoulos. Right. I get that. Yeah. But it's the lettering wasn't great on this book. Um, and I, I shouldn't say that. I, the sound effects were, and and I think this is actually true of, and, I, and it's not like Russell Dodderman, so it's just whoever they team him up with, mm-hmm. um, because we saw similar effects in um, the Mangog storyline. Um, it just, you know, and and it bothered me there too. I think we well, complained very greatly about the art and the the, the conclusion of the Mangog storyline. It was the same kind of thing because if you look at that very last page, where th- it, you can tell. Dodderman's drawn a really dynamic page with Thor with a hammer in each hand, spinning them around and Mm -hmm. lightning and electricity flying around. But there is so much junk on the page that, I mean, Thor is almost obscured by all of what I would characterize as Kirby crackle that is in the foreground. And and I'm just, I'm like, why did, what did you guys do? Because it's a horrible look on this page because what they've done instead of having that Kirby crackle be, you know, uh, opaque right where it's mm-hmm. where it's in the foreground and it might obscure a little bit of a foot or an arm or something what it does here is they've almost made it you know translucent and so it all it does on this page is just obscure thor and i just i really hate the way that's told in a visual sense i just this page is a huge mess and it's supposed to be a very dynamic charged sort of page and i mean i didn't care yeah. You know? And I think that's part of my issue with this book. So while reading this book, I, I didn't hate the book. And I will say that I have issues with it. Um, I think from a broad standpoint, it reads um, 
it, it's fun. And it, it, and I think that's what I liked about it. Like I'm reading this. I'm like, you know what? Like with, with some minor alterations, this could be future potential for a, uh, a Marvel cinematic cro- universe crossover. And, you know, partly that's my mindset from Endgame. Mm-hmm. you know, coming out so soon. And I'm like, oh, you know, I could see this visually represented, you know, in theaters, um, especially the fact that they draw Loki, kind of like the actor who plays Loki now. Right. Um, you know, so, it, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, man, this would be great on the screen uh, because it's fun. It's action packed. Um, but I think the thing about it is this is Jason Aaron's 10 year, whatever buildup there. Not, that's an exaggeration. I think it was five year buildup that he's been working on um, since taking over the Thor books. He's been kind of build, working towards this storyline. And this is supposedly his culmination of it. And there's no emotional resonance to this page. No. This, this is, this is a fun story without any type of emotional resonance. Um, you know, in fact, Odin is kind of, so I, whether I don't know if he's alive or dead, but they stab him like, you know, in, in, but it's like, again, there's no emotional weight to any of this. And I think that's where my issues lied. I enjoyed it, um, you know, from a fun standpoint, but and maybe that's what they're going for. But I don't know. Like, you know, I just I think I needed more, more, more depth to it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said there, except that I really hated this book. <laughs> I really did. I, I, and I, I'm not picking up the next one. I just did not care for this one little bit. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, I, I might pick up issue two, um, just to to see where the storyline goes if it gets any better. Uh, you know, and I'm a sucker for Art Adams covers. Um, well, but I know, will say I did like the uh, the variant cover gallery. Well, and the uh, the Midgard Massacre, the cover for that one with uh, Wolverine and the Punisher, and it looks like uh, maybe Valkyrie and Doctor Strange. That looks kind of hot. Gotta say, yeah. that looks kind of hot. You know, but I gotta say that's uh, that's another thing. Um, you know, at the back of this book, uh, so you know, you get to the end of the story. You know, the Midgard Massacre. It's beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's the cover. That's the cover for issue two. Um, I guess, and it's called the Midgard Massacre. But then, you know, you turn the page, and it's like, oh, also, here's some more shit you should buy. Yeah. Also, here's a checklist. And it's like, well, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't it's like Marvel's not listening because the market is the market, the comic shop owners, the fans, the people who are literally making Marvel, keeping Marvel in business are are, are telling them repeatedly too much, too much. Yeah. You're, you're saturating the market. You're, you're throwing too much at me. I can't afford uh, looking at this act one world at war, which is literally just the first month's worth of books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I think I counted that right. 12 books at minimum four bucks a piece. It is $50 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong as a, even as someone who has done this in the past and picked up all the freaking crossovers, I will never do that again. So even <laughs> if I do continue with War of the Realms, I'll just pick up the the main series because that's all that's important. Um, and so, but you know, the fact that they're still throwing twelve books at me, twelve tie-ins to this War of the Realms story, it's you know it, it, that's that is a frustrating aspect for me. And I wish I wish Marvel would learn because. Uh, other companies are, are struggling right now, DC, IDW, and you ask them, like, what's happening? And and they'll say, well, you know, right now Marvel's flooding the market. Yeah. They're, they're you know, they're, they're flooding the market. There's not, there's only but so much space on the shelf and so many money, so much money in people's pockets. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the way they have dominated the market, right? Is by yeah. by just outprinting anybody else. It's crazy. Yeah. And I know I got off on a tangent there. No, but, no, I yeah. but I, I think I think your point's made, and and your point is valid. I, I agree. The uh, the uh, sheer number of books wrapped up in this crossover is a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But now, but that you being know, said, when you get guys like Walt Simonson. To do a freaking cover for your book, I, you know, you got Walt Simonson, J. Scott Campbell, uh, Umberto Ramos did a pretty terrible cover. But you've got no. all these variant covers that are beautiful. George Perez, Ron Lim. They had a Ron Lim cover. Frank Cho, Ryan Otley, Olivier Copiel, who did a gorgeous cover. Um, you know, I, I visually <laughs> that, that that was my favorite part of the book was looking at all that wonderful art. Yeah, it's a lot of beautiful art. I mean. You know, it's nice that they uh, had a reason to get these guys together to do some work, but I just I don't think the story is nearly as good as it was promised to be. No, agreed. I, I think as a start, and you know, they always say, "Well, first issues are tough," but you know, as a t- as a as a book that's been building up for years, um, this killing Loki as your opening coda that that's nothing to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Give me, give me something with weight. Give me something with some emotional weight. Because at this point, and this sounds kind of dickish, but I think everyone on this cover has died at some point. So what does it matter? Right. <laughs> you know? Like well, I'm looking at this War of the Realms cover and like everyone has died at least some point. Frankly, you've got to stop making death be the big, the, the big risk, right? Because yeah. you're right. I mean, all these guys have been dead before. They're going to be dead again. Um, I think that, you, that what you've got to do is is make change other than death, you know, be your the, – the item in which you're trading in. You know, you should have an event occur that resets your status quo in a meaningful, interesting way as opposed to, you know, oh, my God, Thor's dead. Somebody else is going to have to be Thor. Well, m- maybe the difference is, is you know – Thor has some other sort of change in his life. You know, maybe maybe Thor settles down and gets married. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe Thor gets a cat in addition to his dog. You know, there there are other changes that are interesting that you can affect in these stories other than just, oh my god, Captain America's dead, who's going to carry the shield now? Yeah. We've already had Falcon do it, we've already had Bucky do it. Maybe we can have Spider-Man do it. You know, I mean, what I think that has to stop being the gimmick. The gimmick has to be how do you make a change in the character's life that is meaningful and interesting, particularly after, you know, some of these characters have been around, what, 60, 70 years? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and on top of that, you know, you think about it. I think about what started Civil War. Um, no, what ended Civil War, you know, Civil War kind of petered out at the end. But what started Civil War was, you know, the the – the collateral damage from a superhero battle of, of careless superhero battle mm-hmm. and not, not the movie I'm talking about the, the comic yes. book, but you know, like um, I, the, there doesn't, and I think maybe that there isn't, there are no personal stakes here, you know, New York being destroyed. Okay. Well, you know, I can just pick up Spider-Man next week and it'll look fine. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. um, you know, they're there. Give me for a book that's this level um, and it could just be that I don't want to be a jaded comic book fan, but maybe I'm a jaded comic book fan. Yeah. You know, what's left? Um, and I think it's, it, it has to be personal stakes, um, well, rather know, than just bombastic action. Well, think about when J. Michael Straczynski, you know, came back on Thor 
You know, when he when he reintroduced Thor into the Marvel Universe after Thor had been off off screen for a little bit. Right. And, you know, the next thing, you know, it is, you know, rediscovering the hammer. It is Asgard is now on Earth, you know, and you've got, you know, the whole Broxton, Oklahoma thing. And that really shook up the Thor universe, you know, the Thor storytelling for a good long while. In fact, you know, uh, to your point earlier, we're still living in a JMS Thor world because all of his changes kind of stuck in terms of how it shaped the character. And, you know, Jason Aaron's did a remarkable job, even though I was slow to enjoy it. But, you know, I eventually came, came to the Jason Aaron school of Thor uh, with all of his, you know, like the, the, the God bomb and, you know, those storylines. I mean, I just, this feels more like um, Fear Itself, that crossover. Yeah. Feels more like Fear Itself than it does, for instance, Siege. And I loved the Siege crossover. Yeah. That's where I'm I, at. That's the tone that I got in this book. Is it felt it felt more it felt more marketing than story. Yeah, agreed. You know, and and Marvel has the capacity to do some great stories. And I, I have enjoyed crossovers like Infinity, I enjoyed. I enjoyed um Secret Wars. Of course I've enjoyed, you know, the original Infinity Gauntlet and and even, you know, I, I'm I'm we'll talk about it at some point. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying this Avengers No Road Home book. Yeah, um, I am too. It's essentially the weekly, a crossover. The weekly series is a lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah. mean it, and it but you know, it, and it's a lot of fun, but you know, the stakes aren't like, oh well, you know, we we're oh look, Hulk died in the first issue. You know, like that's not the stakes in that book. You know, different kinds of stakes. And you've got relationship stakes because you've got Conan and uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch hooking up, right? Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's something like that. I think that's what's missing from War of the Realms, at least at this point. Um, It it is, uh, you know, it's about as emotional as Thor Ragnarok. And I know that's something that didn't resonate with you, Aaron. Oof. Oof. Woof. So, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, hopefully I, I am going to pick up the second issue. I'm, I'm curious to see if anyone uh, else on the podcast will have picked up the book and or, or in the world <laughs> or that. <laughs> so before we we run away from uh, from Marvel Comics this week, uh, a couple things. One, uh-huh. the preview pages for the Savage Avengers uh, issue one coming out in May looks pretty damn hot. That yeah. is the Avengers book featuring uh, Wolverine and Conan and a couple of others that I forget. Punisher yeah. and um, Venom, Doctor Voodoo, and I, I can't – the female character – oh, it's Elektra and Elektra. Yeah. That looks super hot. Yeah. I'm sorry. That looks super hot. I'm, I'm going to be all up in that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is that Avengers Endgame tickets went on sale this week. Oh, and, Jesus Christ. And Paul – Paul. Yes. Paul. Um, you know, I mentioned to my wife that I would be buying Avengers Endgame tickets. And I said, I'm, I'm buying tickets, so do you want to go with me? Because sometimes she goes with me on these things, and sometimes she doesn't. And she goes, is this the one that's three hours long? And I said, yes. Yes, it is. And she, I, I mean, it was it was like hard no. I mean, immediately, like, no, no thinking about it. No. I'm not sitting in your little superhero movie for three hours. No. Fuck you. I mean, that was, that was, uh, she, all she said was no, but I read all the rest of that into it, right? <laughs> but <laughs> it she was, meant it that way. It was dripping with fuck you. 
And so I'm like, all right. So, you know, I spent like three, four hours trying to get my ticket and finally got my ticket. And, uh, you know, I shared with the wife, hey, I got my ticket for Endgame. Yeah, well, good on you because uh, you're going to be Mr. Watching that by yourself. And then as if on cue, Paul, the commercial comes on TV playing, you know, the the, the Avengers Endgame commercial in which there is a, a scene of Rocket Raccoon. And she goes, oh. I didn't realize this is the one with the raccoon. Get me a ticket. Oh. Again, dripping with fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. So did you get your ticket, Paul? I did. I did. And I go, oh, God damn it. I got to tell you, it took four hours to get through that system. And we talk a little bit about this in our in our sister podcast, uh, uh-huh. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. But it did take quite a while to get a ticket. Um, and essentially... Because it was such a pain in the ass, and I, I and because I wasn't sure, even when I bought tickets, that those tickets would be like I'm like, okay, well, if something's screwed up, I don't want to get a, an email saying, hey, we double sold those seats. Yeah, oops. So, so I actually bought three sets of tickets. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the one was like a 7:30 showing. Um, no, no, one was a 6:30 showing. One was a 6:30 Dolby, and one was a 7:30. Um, but I want the 6:30 Dolby, so I got refunds for the other two sets of tickets. But because of the the way the system worked, I was like, okay, uh, shit. Like, and what happened is that AMC crashed. AMC was not ready to meet the demands. When AMC servers crashed, um, other uh, services that that interact with AMC, so Fandango and Adam Tickets, both crashed along with it. Yeah. However, I went into the Regal Cinema app, bought tickets like no problem. Uh-huh. See, the, <laughs> the app is seconds. what I should have done. I, I did it online. I was buying from, from Cinemark, and and boy, that was super slow. Yeah. So, but we are we we have purchased our tickets to see Avengers Endgame, um, which comes out April twenty fifth. I think is the um, that's Thursday, yeah. right? Yep, Thursday evening is when uh, initial showings start. So you can look forward to our review of that uh, closer know. to time. I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I am ridiculously excited about this movie. Oh, me too. Me too. I am more excited about this than I was about the previous uh, Avengers film, you know, the one that was out last year and yeah. Infinity War. And, but I, I am, I am really excited about this movie. I am too, and I hope, uh, much like War of the Realms, as a ten, as a culmination of years long. I hope this one's <laughs> worth, worth the wait. Paul, don't ruin it for us. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. God. We'll find out in three weeks. <laughs> God. Nah. Well, you Paul, fine. I yes, suspect sir. you're not going to be in town next week to record either. That is correct. No. So um, we are recording this on Thursday night because I'm out of town this weekend. However, next week I will be in Chicago uh, for Star Wars Celebration. I'll be there all five days of the convention. Yes, it is a five-day-long convention. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for some unusual reason. Uh, but I'll be attending the con. Um, are you doing you know, all five days? Yeah, I mean, I'm there. We'll see. Um, But that gives me a little bit more flexibility because I don't necessarily, you know, I'm I'm not going to be there all day, every day. Um, But, you know, I can hop in, hop out, go visit Chicago because I've never been to Chicago. Um, You know, apparently there's a couple tiki bars I want to check out. I I have a bar you've got to go to. Uh, oh. I'll send you the, 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 the information after we get done. But uh, it is a speakeasy. And uh-huh. like a speakeasy, you have to have a password to get in. Oh. And they have a secret door you go through to go down into the cock Because it's a restaurant up front. And then you go through a secret door to get into the 20s era uh, authentic 
little speakeasy uh, bar. I mean, it is super cool. I love this place. Well, I am definitely intrigued. Yes, yeah. send, me, send me the information. I will do that. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Star Wars Celebration. And for you guys who are interested in following along with me, um, I will be posting videos uh, daily, likely, um, from the convention. Uh, as well as posting to our Instagram feed. So to get both of those, you can go to youtube.com slash ideology of madness. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification button. It's a little bell. So it'll notify you um, when I uh, upload a new video and to go to uh, our Instagram feed, which is IOM geek. And you'll be, uh, you'll see all the the goodies there. And if you're not on Instagram, that also um, links to our Facebook page, IOM geek. You can give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, where we talk about all the Star Trek news, plus each new episode of Star Trek Discovery. Ooh, so much going on. So much. So, so much. Just do all the things. And let us know you love us because you know we we we're need needy. we're needy. Yeah, we need we need constant gratification. Yeah, just I'll, just put that. I'm yeah, I, and I'm not yeah. I'm I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about what I'm doing for, to accomplish my constant gra- uh, gratification. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't talk about it. I, I'm not talking about it, Paul. And and I know we're talking about other things, but let us know what you thought of War of the Realms, either on our uh, on our social media feeds or on that IOM Geek hotline, and uh, because we would love to hear from you. And uh, you know, let let Aaron know if you're going to pick up issue two, or if you side with him, or if you're going to pick up issue two with me. <laughs> All right, folks, we will catch you next time. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>